Together we can love our bodies again Here on the gray scale Hi! Hello! I'm Chrissy. And I'm Sierra. And this is the Gray Scale Podcast. Before we get started with our guest, we just want to remind you all to rate, review, subscribe, and you know the rest. We'll be rounding out our first season of the podcast with a few more episodes, which is super exciting. Yes, we're cooking up some new things for you all, so keep an eye out on our Instagram for some updates. And now we'd love to introduce you all to our guest this week, Olivia Matsey. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> My name is Olivia Matsey. Um, I'm an actor here in New York City. Um, you might also catch me teaching children's music classes in Central <laughs> Park every day of the week. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm moving soon, which is a little stressful, but but I'm here so we excited. are. <laughs> Yay! Um, so we do know Olivia. We yes, went to college quite well. With her, so. Um, Important to say, but um, this is like um, a little bit new. Like you and Sierra are like best friends, right. and um, <laughs> we are close. But like, this is gonna be new for us. Yeah, we probably haven't had this many convers- of these conversations. Exactly. So I'm really excited about it. Yes. And so we'll just hop right in with our first one, mm-hmm. um, which is how would you describe the relationship you have with your body? It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Relationship status. It's complicated. Um, Of course, ups and downs. Like, there are days when I am feeling funky, fresh, hot. And then there are some (laughs) days I'm like, want to wear a baggy sweatshirt and, you know, just like stare at myself in the mirror all day and pick and prod and, you know, have those judgments. I would say, like, currently, I have a very good relationship with my body, which, like, post, I think... Honestly, weirdly enough, I think the pandemic has really helped me. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's because we're like hashtag all this together. Um, <laughs> I think we've all spent the last year and a half like not as active as we usually are. And like, I think just knowing that, I've, I've become more comfortable with the way my body looks and the way my body changes. Like pre-COVID, um, I would say, like, if I stepped on the scale and it was, like, a couple pounds heavier, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'd have a meltdown. And I'd, like, you know, obsess about it all day long. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) And I think now when I, like, see a change on the scale or, like, look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I look a little different than yesterday. I'm not, like, having a total meltdown and, like, obsessing about it. I just am like, this is where my body is today. And that's beautiful and that's okay. Um, yeah, I think I've also adopted this like thought process. It's the same as like I always feel with money. Like if I went out the night before and I spent a ton of money and um, woke up the next day and looked at my bank account like totally upset, I'd be like, well, did I have a good time? And like, did I make a memory? All right, so I don't miss the money that I spent. Yeah, I feel that a little bit like with my body too. Where like some nights I wake up the next day and I'm like, we look different today, but. Did I have fun yesterday and did I like make a memory? All right, then that's okay. I love that. I love that yeah. too. I think that's such a good mentality. Yeah, and I, I feel like I, I love what you said about like the all I mean all in this together. Like the um <laughs> the like mindset I've had also through like the pandemic is like, you know, I I'm not we're all experiencing major life 
structural changes right. and there is no one is at fault for those things and so it was a really w nice way for me to rationalize like I went from you know skating five times a week and working out regularly to like being afraid to go to the gym and yeah. not having access to anything and so um it was very easy for me to be like listen my body's just gonna change and right. that, and not that you ever need an excuse, but it was nice to have that as like a rationale. Right? Yeah, and it, I think it, it also really changed my mentality around my relationship to exercise too, because I totally had a similar thing of like, you know, I think I've always had this mindset of like, oh God, if I'm not exercising, I'm gonna get fat. Right. Mm -hmm. God forbid I should ever be fat. <laughs> but you know, like yeah. you know, the, like that is the the fat phobic mentality that I used right. to have. And I think that during the pandemic was the first time in my life that I ever allowed myself to just like not exercise for like a year. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't beat up on myself for it. And I was like, no, you can just like actually not move today off the couch. And that's okay because that's what everybody else is doing too. And I think there's like this peace of mind in knowing that like, no one else is is being productive and I mean it was also kind of hard because I think a lot of people were actually like we were seeing a lot of people on Instagram and right, you know yeah. all over the media mm -hmm. you know taking that time to exercise mm -hmm. and I was actually just kind of saying this to my therapist today but I feel like like she was telling me that she feels like I've come a really long way this year, which was really lovely to hear <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know I was like okay so while other people were were getting in physical shape, I was getting in emotional shape. Mm -hmm. And that's how I chose to spend that time. And I don't, I, it's kind of the same mentality. It's like, I don't regret the way I spent that time because I'm where I need to be in my life right now emotionally, which feels just as good. In fact, probably way better than I would have felt if I had lost a ton of weight. Just for me and my own peace of mind and yeah. my own mental health, like that's, I think that it, it was a really, it was a good time for me to kind of make that distinction. Right. A little bit on the flip side of that, like during like, I call, I like to call it quarantine proper. Yes. We were really all like locked away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quarantine proper. Yes. And like those first three months I took up running and would run every single day. I remember And like that. I tried, I like was in like good physical shape, but I was broken on the inside. Yeah. Like I, I was that. an emotional wreck. Like, yeah. Totally. I would go for like six mile runs and then at the end of it completely cry. Just like break down into my backyard stretching and cry. Talk about cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. For sure. Um but I was I definitely wasn't doing like the emotional things that I needed to to do to um you know help myself through the trauma that we were going through. Yeah. I was just thinking like, oh if I I also had nothing to do with my day. So I'd go out for these like two and a half hour runs because I was like, this <laughs> is my job. What better like, is there to do? Right. Yeah. But like, I guess I, I was running away from my problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting because like when I got that first initial notice that like I was, or my job was closing yeah. down, yeah. I was on that two week furlough. LOL. And I literally remember, <laughs> remember calling my parents being like, I guess I got to take up running. Um, which is funny because I've talked about before that I used to run cross country for a brief period of time. It, it, it was so badly injured that I was told by my physical um, therapist that I should never run again. So <laughs> and that was kind of a joke. I like went on a couple of walks and jogs with Sierra. Christina and I like to pretend like we're going to jog and then just walk the whole time and, and right. 
gossip and, and gossip and chat for like five hours. Um, and I looked at a video of myself from literally like the week that we had first shut down before like everything had fully shut down. Mm-hmm. I there's a video of me skating on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, I don't look like that anymore. And I made this joke earlier that like, I don't really ever really see changes mm-hmm. in my body very much. Um, Cause I don't really register it. I don't weigh myself as yeah. a personal choice and I don't really think about it. Um, but I noticed some, and I talk about this a lot on our Instagram that let my legs are a big insecurity of mine. And I noticed that my legs look different before and they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, was so shocked that I was like, hmm, I look different, and then I just kept scrolling. Yeah. Like, right. I didn't have this, like, huge emotional, like, for your words, like, breakdown yeah. of, like, oh, my goodness, like, I, that's where I used to be, and I have been set back or pushed in a different direction. I was like, hmm, yeah, checks out. <laughs> Which right. is amazing, because I yeah. know, like, we've we've definitely been at that place in our lives where the slightest change would send us. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's amazing. I think it's so, it's so nice to like have that moment. It almost feels like freedom. You're like, oh, what a relief. I don't have to hate myself anymore. (laughs) Which is, you know, it's not a consistent thing. Like there's definitely Of course, of course. But I think that the more, the more you practice, like, and it's really hard because I do think it is like a, kind of a, at first, especially like forcing yourself to be like, you know, when you say hateful things in your brain about your body, you have to be like, no, bitch, you're great. And like, you really have to do that for a long time. But then after a while, you know, it's like that where it's like, it kind of just becomes second nature and you're like, huh, that's different. Cool. Moving yeah, right. on. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it does, it like feels like freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you feel like, you know, you've come a long way for that. Yeah. I think it's also, it's like an age thing too, you know, we're, we're all the same age for everybody listening, but I, well, for more or less, y'all are older than me, (laughs) 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 but, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that it does somewhat come with like getting to the age of not giving a fuck. (laughs) I just feel like I'm at like such a good like point in my life that like, why would I create a problem that like doesn't need to be there? That's, like, only in your own head. head. Yeah. Other people aren't obsessing about my weight on a daily basis, so why should I? Exactly. Yeah. Um, And if someone else is, that's her problem. Then fuck it. Oh, you don't have something better to do with your Um, life. And also, like, in in a similar note is, um, you know, the pandemic really put a lot of perspective for me. I was like, like, there is so much worse shit happening Right. right now. Than the fact that I can't go to an ice rink. Yeah. It was very, like, eye-opening and humbling in a way where I was like, no one, everyone else is clearly distracted by other things. Yeah. And it was, I mean, that was a good, you know, reality check Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's keep going. Yeah. Um, Oh, actually, I think this is a lovely jumping off point here. But um, what are some ways that you take care of your body? So I'm going to talk about something, and I think it's a little bit controversial, but I will explain why it might be a little controversial. A way that I take care of my body is I weigh myself every day. And I know that sounds counterintuitive or counter whatever, but I weigh myself every day, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point, but like stepping on the scale, it's just like a reflection of, I don't even know, it, it just... It's such a, like a like a guidepost. I look at it and I'm like, 
I don't beat myself up if it's like a number I'm not expecting and I don't really celebrate if it's a number that like, oh, I wanted to get to that number or something like that. But it's a good like starting off point for me to be a little bit like, okay, so yesterday I had, you know, nine IPAs and like <laughs> french fries and chicken wings and okay, I, stu I stepped on the scale today and this is like, you know, okay, that's a number that I'm expecting. So maybe today I eat vegetables and drink a lot of water and like do, and, and for me, it's like, it's just a very good like, a visual, a visual representation of how I can improve myself on a daily basis. Yeah. I, I love that rationale. Yeah. Like the scale for me is like pretty triggering, but mm -hmm. I love that that's a way for you to like, cause I often get into habits where like I'll mm -hmm. get into an uneat, unhealthy eating cycle. Right. right. And I, it isn't until I'm like literally been like, when's the last time I had a vegetable mm -hmm. that I break it. And right. I love that that's kind of your way of keeping yourself like, I don't know, I don't want to say in check, but like it's a right. way for you to continue, you know, that growth, right. which I think is actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's taken me a long time to get there. And when I tell people that I like weigh myself every day, they're, they're always like, that's not good. You shouldn't be doing that. That's really going to mess with you. And I like, it, it, you, it, it used to be like that for me, where yeah. I'd step on the scale and I'd be like, and then I'd beat myself up all day and be like, how dare you do that? Like, how, how could you, you know, and then I've talked about my growth and how, you know, I <laughs> equate it to spending money. Um, <laughs> but I just think it's like a good way for, for myself to, because I lose track of what I eat and what, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think like, I definitely need to eat more vegetables on a daily basis. <laughs> but... <laughs> But when I weigh myself, I look at the number and I can, I, it's just like a visual representation of how I need to proceed with the rest of the day. Not as a punishment either. Like not like, well, you ate French fries yesterday, so you can't eat French fries today. It's just like, you know, maybe you should drink more water or, or, or maybe you should walk to work mm. instead of taking like the subway or a car. Like maybe this might be a healthy option for you to, you know. Yeah, it's just sort of like like a, a mental checkpoint of like where is my health at today, yeah. which I like. And I think that like, you know, for some people, the scale like just shouldn't be in the picture. Oh, yeah. Well, because like, I think it can be, not. yeah, and I think yeah. it can be abused, but I, I like that that you were able to actually continue to utilize it almost as a tool to train your brain better, like yeah. to think better about your body. Yeah. Like, because you, I mean, because you were saying, like, when you step on the scale, you, you know, you think about your sort of your, like, cost and, um, what is it, like, cost and effect, I guess? <laughs> um, but, like, you know, you're like, okay, well, what, what was this worth to me? And yeah. if it's a positive thing, then it's worth it. Right. You know? And I also think there's, there's so many people out there that really do value the scale yeah and I think that and that's what and that's the reality and once again what might work for you doesn't work for everyone but the people who do don't maybe want to take away that part of their lives like that's a really great you know perspective on it that maybe it's yeah like, it's for some people it'll become less than less of oh my god I gained weight from what I did yesterday it's like okay well yesterday maybe I I let loose more than I had had maybe planned on, so let's rein it back in today, if that's how they want to perceive that. Yeah, and, and while, like, I think a lot of us have experienced an unhealthy relationship um, to our bodies at some point in time, like, you know, there are a large handful of people that 
are that fall under that category but don't fall mm-hmm. under the category of like having an eating disorder yeah. or you know you know uh disordered eating tendencies um and you know i think to an extent most people do mm-hmm. <laughs> but i you know that there there are people that like the scale is not so much of a trigger and i think that in in the case that you're bringing up here in that case it's it's a really great tool yeah. because you can kind of it's almost like what I do when I talk about like, you know, quote unquote eating intuitively. I think right. it's the same. It like yeah. leads you to that. Yeah. Which I love. Right. I think that's great. Yeah. It's a different tool to get to the same end. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll hop right along. Um, when did you start learning about nutrition, health, um, weight, and what do you remember about it? So, like a lot of people have said, um, it's I definitely started learning from a very, very young age um, with my mom. My mom was always on a diet or, you know, doing some sort of, like, health craze, fad, sure. trend, <laughs> trying a new thing. Yeah. Um, so, from a very young age, I do feel like I got, like, a lot of um, education on nutrition and, you know, weight and trying to lose weight or or trying to maintain weight. Um, I mean, like the first time I went on a diet, I think I was like 12. Yeah. It was Weight Watchers. But it was like... Also done Weight Watchers. Right. <laughs> but it was like... I guess it was my choice. Like my... like, And it was... I guess it just was always in the household. So mm-hmm. like... So... So... And like, my mom was my idol. So of course I was like, well, I, I could try to do some of that. And it was... But it was never like presented to me in a way that it was like oh, you're going to do this with me because it's good for you to lose weight. It was like, oh, this might be a healthier way for us to eat um, as opposed to, like, I don't know, I'm from the Midwest, like, mm-hmm. eating, like, macaroni and cheese all the time. Or sure. Like some sort of cheesy rice chicken casserole or something that yeah. Midwesterners love to make. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, it definitely, like was presented to me at a at a very young age and it has definitely affected the way that I view all foods now. Mm-hmm. I definitely went through a, a period where I was like, oh, carbs are bad because I learned carbs are bad when I was younger, so I can't eat carbs. Or white rice, stay away from white rice because white rice is, is bad for you. Or <laughs> stay away from chocolate because chocolate is bad for you. Or ice cream, or my mom used to always say, ice cream's for children, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream is not oh, for no. children. Uh, but, I never buy ice, but I never buy ice cream anymore, so maybe that stuck somewhere. I guess. I That's so I funny. Guess, yeah. I, yeah, but I, I, th- there are so many, like, ingrained thoughts on food that, like, and I don't hold anybody account. Like, I, I, I don't blame anybody for that. Maybe the diet industry. Um, <laughs> we can blame them. Yeah, we can blame them. Like, and I think I've had to retrain myself to be like, carbs aren't bad. Our body needs carbs. When you don't eat carbs, you crave carbs, and then you eat a whole baguette. And like, maybe that wasn't like the best choice, Olivia. But, <laughs> but like now I do. Like now I'm like not afraid to eat like a sandwich with two pieces of bread on it. Like yeah. Like I used to like do the open face thing, you know, just for just one, one piece, piece of bread. My mom loves. 
the open face. <laughs> I mean, I like an open face just because I like to eat it like that, but I'm going to eat you too. Also, right? <laughs> well, there's that. Well, gluten-free bread, guys. Right, 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 right. Um, well, I'm really glad that you picked this question and I'm going to expand on it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that of all of my friends, you have the most unique schooling experience of anybody oh, yes. I've ever met. And I, I kind of was curious to see if you would would talk about that at all because I think that like obviously you know school is a big part of our upbringing and our you know forming a relationship with ourselves and I remember like a lot of the things that I started learning about health and nutrition I remember from school Mm -hmm. and so like I just wanted to see if there was anything in well first of all talk about your schooling experience and then um and then if there's anything you remember about like learning um in that way um, so I was homeschooled until I was in the sixth grade, um, by my mother. My dad, um, traveled a lot for work, so we would travel with him, so hence me being homeschooled. Um, and then once we moved to New York when I was in the sixth grade, so I was like 12 years old, and I was then put in Catholic school for three years, and then I went to a performing arts high school in Midtown Manhattan for for high school public high school right public yeah. New York pu- New York public school the bathrooms <laughs> were frightening <laughs> so scary <laughs> and then I went to a liberal arts college Marymount Manhattan College with with us these two lovely ladies um, so I've had a very very eclectic schooling experience. Um, so I actually think like being homeschooled and traveling with my family so much. Um, made me very adventurous with food. That's really and great. And we would go to dinner parties, and I didn't have the option to eat chicken fingers and French fries, so I was eating, you know, like salmon and Brussels sprouts and I don't know other fancy things. I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> came to my mind. Um, so I do think that actually made me like very adventurous with food um, mm-hmm. and and health and, and nutrition. And then, hmm, let's see. Um, are you asking specifically, like, do I think, like, I learned different ways I'm just asking to... if you, like, remember anything from your schooling that was about health and nutrition. Like, in PE or, in, like, the food pyramid, like, kind of that right, category. Right, right, right. I guess we didn't really talk about that in Catholic school, I will say. Like, I think we That's talk... not shocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we... we, we I remember, like, in health, I don't know, for some reason we learned how to give a proper handshake, which I do think has been very helpful in my life. <laughs> but I don't think we really talked a lot about nutrition. I don't think we talked a lot about nutrition. Um, or I, I think we probably learned about, like, washing our bodies or something. I don't know. Being clean. Cleanliness is next to godliness, so I'm sure we learned that. <laughs> um, there's nothing that totally sticks out to me. But we did have health class my freshman year of high school at a public school, uh, public New York school and that was like kind of a culture shock because all of a sudden we were talking about sex and how to take care of yourself in that regard and I mean they we did have different we did have different like chapters so we did learn about like like food and and nutrition and and health and things like that um but I guess nothing really sticks out to me too much from Mm -hmm. that from that experience, but we did talk about sex a lot, and we saw some very graphic STD photos, and like, it's <laughs> scarred forever. Um, 
collapsing. Yes. Yeah. It was very frightening. But I, but I do think that they like they were very sex positive. So I, there there was nothing you know negative or, or shameful or, or about your body. Um, that's great yeah I only asked because like I feel like in my schooling experience Mm -hmm. and maybe it was also like in combination with my mom being um extremely into health food Mm -hmm. right um and and like you know eastern remedies and things like that like we just were not very traditional in that sense Mm -hmm. and then I also grew up in you know like Marin County where you know Everybody's a millionaire, and except me. <laughs> um, and every every food on the yeah, planet yeah, yeah. Is, or, is organic. But um, anyway, so well, I in high school I didn't have gym class. Oh my god, that's insane! We I'm so jealous. Gym. We had dance class, so that actually Iconic. made it very very Iconic. fun. I took dance PE in high school too, but it was just as bad as regular PE. Oh, <laughs> um, no, our dance PE in my high school was really great, and I took it one year. But the thing in, in Illinois. Um, P is a requirement yeah. to graduate. Like, you have to do four years of gym. Right. Um, unless you can get, like, an academic waiver. Right. Um, it's, like, one of the only states that does that. Mm-hmm. In the all four years, yeah. Yeah, all four most, years are required. Most required, too, I think. Yeah. Because that was what mine um, was. And I remember, like, but, you know, there was loopholes. Like, I... Um, like dance was like always a fun one you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, yoga was another one. Nice. And then like I lifeguarded for my PE that credit was. one year. Like yeah. <laughs> those things that. But like I remember like I mean I did public school my whole life, same Me too. Um, district, and um, I always always remember and I blame it to this day on my unhealthy relationship with food is the food pyramid. That's what I remember so distinctly yeah. too. Yeah. And how I was taught it, like. I mean, to this day, I don't really understand it (laughs) because it was basically presented to me as, and this was before it had changed. So this is back when it was like horizontal Mm -hmm. distinctions and it was like the grains were at the bottom and they were always like, this is what you want to eat. And then it's vegetables and fruit and whatever. So I was like, bread is good for you. It Mm -hmm. is a grain. And because I was being taught horrible things about diet and diet industry I was like I need to eat the things that are good for me don't really love vegetables that much so I'm gonna go home and eat slices of bread Mood. <laughs> and I did that for like most like a lot of my middle school like post schooling um after school that's what I meant to say <laughs> <Post-schooling>. <laughs> post school um after school and I mean it wasn't until um the trailer for Scott Pilgrim came out where they're like, bread's bad for you? That I was like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Do you guys remember that trailer? Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. This is news to me. <laughs> so um, that was, that's my, biz, my big one. And also, of course, they always talk about, like, there was the uh, get up and out of – get out of your seat like in every 30, 30 minutes oh. a day workout. Oh, it was like the get up and go thing. You get up and go yeah. and then like I remember Nickelodeon Cartoon Network would do like one hour they would shut down right broadcasting and they're like kids like roll by day of play or yes. I don't know something like that. Stuff yeah. like that. All of those. Yeah. Um, and that was like was broadcasted in my school being mm-hmm. like this is the day you have to do that but it was also like in response to the quote unquote obesity epidemic yes, right, right, which right. which was problematic in and of itself it's yeah. like 
you know, yes, maybe it was kind of in the right place, <laughs> but like, you know, I just think that it, it contributed to the already rampant fat phobia. Yes. And of course it was like happening while we were in elementary school, mm -hmm. really. And so it's like, of course that's going to stick with you because it, you know, like, and I just remember like all those shows on TLC and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like, the, it's so dehumanizing and it's really like, I, I, so much about that has stuck with me throughout mm -hmm. my life, I think. And I think for a lot of other people too. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I could go on for hours about how like this, the obesity epidemic was, was, is not caused by anything other than lack of access. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, know. imagine if we just gave everybody the resources they needed. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was going into high school, I had to get a full physical, and um, the, the doctor took my stuff, and they did my BMI, and she, I was in the room with my mom, and she was like, she's obese. <laughs> and my, my mom was like, what? Excuse me? Yeah, my mom was like, wait, what? And she goes, mom, she's obese. Oh my god! And my mom goes, she doesn't look obese to me. And the doctor was like, come on, mom, we have to face the facts. Her oh. daughter is obese. Jesus, the Midwest is a scary the place. The Midwest was New York City! No oh, way! It was. She was oh, an Eastern worse. European doctor. Worse. And she just, I'm Eastern European, so I, I can say that. <laughs> but she was very, very, very brutal. She was like, you have wide feet, you have acne, oh and you're obese. God! <laughs> way to ruin a girl's life. Oh, I was Jesus. 14, I left and cried. Yeah, I My mom died. was like, we are never coming back here again. Don't listen to a word she said. Yeah, that was like when um, they wouldn't let me do a sport instead of PE because I, you know, quote, I've talked about this yeah. before, that I like, quote unquote, failed the physical mm -hmm. fitness test because my BMI wasn't right. right <laughs> it just, my, my mom was like, we're suing the school district. Yeah, right. She was so mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like, and it's so funny because it's like, I, I love when moms come to our defense in yeah. that way because you're like, I love that you want to protect me, but like, this is the same mentality that you have. And the yeah. reason you're mad is because somebody said I was fat. Like, God forbid. God forbid. You know, it's like, it, even that thinking is so backwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this is a good, this yes, is a good moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Olivia, what's your biggest body insecurity? I will say it, it, it is my complexion. Um, I know that is a little bit different than like weight and, and that sort of thing. But, is your body. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So I have struggled with acne since, I mean, when do you, when do you go through puberty? I went through puberty at nine, so it's not typical. But <laughs> I've had acne since, I don't know, I was 11. And I always thought it would just go away. And it never wanted to. So, <laughs> I mean, I would try everything. I would try, like, I tried, um, what was that one that was... Accutane? No, not Accutane. What is the one that was, is on TV all the oh, time? Oh, Proactive. Proactive. I tried oh, the Proactive. I, I did Proactive, I did, the pro I, I did the Proactive. I sound like an old lady. I did the Proactive. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work. I tried, you know, this product. I tried that product. My mom's an esthetician. We tried everything. Every peel. Every this. Every that. And, like, it was just this, like shame that was on my face that I knew like everyone could see and like 
I, I was, I, you would never catch me outside without makeup on. Like, mm -hmm. and I talk about it in the past tense because I have gone on medication since and it's gotten a lot better. But it, it was just like every, every day I would put a full face of makeup on because no one could ever see me without makeup on because then they'd be able to see all of my acne. Mm. And there would be people who'd be like, well, you just need to get a better skin regimen. And I'm like, you don't even know all of the stuff that I do to my skin just to make it look this good. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't, like, it would be, or people would be like, you need to go on the birth control pill. And I'm like, I'm not taking a depression pill, please. That is not my, that is not my journey for me. Um, because I did go on birth control for a while and it did not end well for me. Um, <laughs> As it doesn't for most. It was <laughs> not a fun journey. Um, but I was, but it, it's just been this, like, li like, not like long struggle, but I mean, 10 plus year struggle. I thought by the time I was 25, I wouldn't have adult acne and it, you know, proved to continue to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and it contributed so much to my self-confidence and, and, and how I would go through life. I mean, just like keeping my head down so that people wouldn't really look at my face. Um, and I have gone, I went to a dermatologist. She hooked me up. And we love we love that, and it's been proving day by day. And you know, some people have started to comment and be like, "Wow, your skin looks so nice," and it's it's so funny because it's the, it's the same thing as like, "Oh, you look like you've lost some weight," and then you're like, oh, "Did I look bad before? Were people talking about me?" Like, so when people are like, "Your skin looks so good," it's like, "Thank you," but also like. Oh, did they think my skin looked bad before? Yeah. And did they like equate me with like bad skin? Did they see me and think before a picture of like a Clarisol commercial? <laughs> well, I, I think that like, I, I mean, I'm so sorry <laughs> that that is your yeah, experience, but like, I do like what we're talking about here because I think that it's a very, I think a lot of people um, do experience this type of reaction from other people to a degree about lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I think that this happens a lot with larger bodied people too, mm -hmm. where they get the unsolicited advice right. and the like, oh, you look like you've lost some weight, which we were just right. talking right. about yeah. where it's like, like, so are you, were you talking about me then? Like, and, and that's right. always my first thought too of, of like, did you think that I, did you have an opinion about what I looked like before? Right. And like, what is so different now? And why do you feel that it's appropriate to comment on it mm -hmm. to me? Right. You yeah. know? And I mean, I want to really thank you for, for sharing that because I, I've been thinking about it for a while, like how much people's, you know, skin is a huge part of your confidence, mm -hmm. whether it's acne, whether it's scarring, whether it's cellulite, what have you, like whether it's in your face or your body or both for some right. people with acne, yeah. me, hashtag, um, <laughs> me, um, it, it's a huge part of your confidence and exactly like you put your head down, you're, you're constantly thinking about like, okay, well, what do people notice? And you wake up one day and you're like, I thought this was getting better and it's not. And I mean, I'm struggling with it right now because I had pretty decent skin as a teenager, mm -hmm. and then I started. I mean, I like pretty much strictly just had like adult acne, mm. and I was working with a dermatologist who just wasn't helping me. Mm -hmm. So then I tried to do my own like research, 
And during the pandemic, when I wasn't working and putting makeup on every day, it improved a lot. And then going back to work and wearing a mask for all day, 15 hours plus a day, <laughs> um, in an on air conditioner, or yeah. improperly air conditioned <laughs> yeah. all day. Well, you're wearing plastic on your face. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like a huge problem. Yeah. And like all the gunk that's coming out from your, your mouth all day. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. And it's, and it's affected my confidence and I'm, I'm, once again I have the, the beauty of a mask to cover up what's causing it yeah um but it's definitely affected my confidence just like mm-hmm. seeing people and yeah. and it's like a huge part of I think body positivity is also accepting or learning to adjust to that part of you right. as well or it's like when someone's like oh wow you look so pretty today and I'm like okay, I look so pretty today, but are they thinking like, wow, you look pretty for a girl with acne? Or like, are they like, mm. are they like, or, or are they like, wow, your skin looks clearer today, so like, you look pretty today, as opposed to the other day when you had a breakout? Yeah. It's like so like multi-layered, and like, I'm sure someone was just like, you look very pretty today, because I look pretty today. But <laughs> yeah. like, in my mind, I'm like, yes. I was trying to like, rationalize it, and like, figure out why you think I'm pretty today, or like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that again, like, that's all very wrapped up in, you know, the standards of like Before we after. only show, you know, uh, like quote unquote heroes of stories who right. are like gorgeous and skinny, right? You know, it's yes. it's like it, and have flawless skin. It's like all of these criteria that create like the perfect body, yes. right? That you know, like I think that we all as kids grow up being like, oh, well, that's what I'm going to grow up to look like. And then right. when you don't, because nobody does, yeah. because that's fake, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what's wrong with me? Right. Why don't I look like that? I'm yeah. supposed to look like that, you know? Why don't I have glowing, airbrushed skin? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's the before and after effect. It's like when people comment on you as in a positive, like, man, you, your skin looks so good today. You look like you've lost weight. It's like, okay, well, that means you noticed how I was looking before. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it's a, such a negative feeling. It's, in some ways, it's rooted in fat, it's definitely rooted in fat phobia. Otherwise, it's just a level of ignorance, I think. Yeah. And also, like, it's also, you know, as, as you were saying, like, a flaw of the media is just like, you know, magazines and, and ads airbrush and touch up bodies to get rid of rolls and wrinkles and dimples and all that they also airbrush skin right I mean you always see those like right at least now like the before and after where you see like all these bumps on model skins and then after when they completely smooth it out yeah when it's like pretty common that models have horrendous skin yeah because, right. because they're caking stuff on their top all day right to be photographed to look flawless right of course it's just like yeah it's a mess yeah. and like, <laughs> i mean it, it just goes to show you that like i lost my train of thought <laughs> it's, okay. it's just those like comments on like oh well you look so pretty today or like have you lost weight it just makes me feel bad for like the me of the past like she was just doing her best day to day yeah and, like and now you're insulting her by complimenting me now. It's like such yeah. a weird thing. But The moral of the story is just don't comment on somebody's okay. physical attributes. It's just not necessary right. and you can compliment them on so many other things that are not that. Or you can generalize it mm-hmm. and right. say like, oh, you you look so happy today. Or you look... You're glowing. Yeah. Stunning. Like, or you look beautiful. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be 
beauty today. You can just say you look beautiful. Right. You know, like I think not not doing anything specific and just generalizing if you're going to compliment somebody on their appearance. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, don't comp- don't comment on somebody's yeah. appearance. It's just not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> um so we'll we'll hop into the next one which is um a little gear shift. Yeah, we'll make a hard left. Um, with um, has a significant other ever commented on your body positively or negatively, um, and how did you react, or how did it make you feel? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because like it always depended on how I perceived myself at the time. So I my like I had an ex boyfriend who is always like you look beautiful, you look beautiful, you look beautiful. And I was like, but I don't feel like that. And like, like I, obviously, like I said at the beginning, I've had a very complicated relationship with my body throughout my life, as so many people have. Yeah. And like, there was one summer where I was like really, really having a hard time and struggling with the way I looked. And I was so unhappy with myself and like shock, shock, it's because I was very unhappy with a lot of things happening in my life. <laughs> but, but like, you know, my boyfriend would constantly be like, no, you look beautiful, you look beautiful. Why are you, why, why do you feel that way about yourself? You look beautiful, you look beautiful. And then it made me feel even worse mm. because I was like, I already feel bad about my body. And you see something that I don't see. And like how, how, what, how am I supposed to respond to it, first of all? Mm. I'm coming to you with a problem that's like, I don't feel good about myself. And then they say, no, you look beautiful. And then you're like, oh, I guess I should just... It invalidates you completely. Yeah, yeah. instead of being like, well, why do you feel that way? And right. like, is there something we can like do? Is there something I, I can do? Not that like my problems are someone else's problems, but when you're in a relationship... Well, but what, that, what that does is it like shuts down the conversation as opposed right. to being like well let story? me let me engage with you further emotionally so that I can understand better why you feel that right. way because then you feel taken care of mm-hmm. you feel completely invalidated when right. somebody says well you're wrong right. your feelings are wrong yeah and that's what and and you talk about this all the time and I love this Chrissy I pointed at Chrissy um, <laughs> basically like in bridal appointments when they're like I feel fat in this dress or like, you know, they say something negative about their body, whatever. Not that being fat is negative, but it's used in a negative way. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's a really important not to invalidate them and say, Oh no, you look great or you look skinny or whatever. Because first of all, that perpetuates fat phobic, you know, ideologies and whatever, but it also completely invalidates your customer, you know? And, and then it's like, you know, well, tell me what you don't like about the dress right. instead, you know, of like, tell me what you don't like about the dress, not what you don't like about you. Right. Yeah. And then it's, and then it becomes about something that isn't, it becomes about something that's in your control. Right. You know, and I, and I, yeah, carry on though. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No. <laughs> it's a conversation. It's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> um, but I would say it's and it's funny now because I, I'm at such a different point in my life where I'm so much more comfortable and confident and like happy with who I am and what I'm doing and, and where I'm going that like when my boyfriend says different boyfriend when this boyfriend <laughs> says like you're you're beautiful I'm like oh I truly believe that and yeah. like it's so di- it's so interesting how like just how you're feeling in your life and like your level of happiness that it's you 
know, it's the thing, like, how can you ever love someone else if you don't love yourself? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's true as much as we like to make fun of it. I know. Yeah. It's so true. But, but it's, I've gone through such a journey with my body, and it's like, no, no matter what someone else says to you, it doesn't change your own journey. Like, you right. can't get happiness from someone else saying nice things to you. Well, your relationship to yourself has to come from within. Yeah. It can't be, it's, you cannot have a relationship with yourself that comes from an external source because then it's not about you. Right. It's about exactly. somebody else. Yeah. Something, um, one of my best friends, um, who sometimes struggles as everyone does with their body, she was talking to her boyfriend and he goes, and his response, which I thought was like so sweet was like you know like sometimes I have a hard time with my body too like yeah we can talk about this together yeah um like you don't have to hide that you feel bad about yourself and like I think that when when she told me that I was like he's a good one yeah <laughs> like it because it, I that was like when she said that I was like honestly I feel like that's what I wanted to hear like every time I ever right. picked apart my body is like I wanted someone to be like I'm there with you yeah um, rather than the, oh my God, no, 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 you're not like that. Right. Well, I think that that's why, like, you, Chrissy and I formed a friendship. Because, yes. like, because we needed somebody to be like, yeah, I know how yeah. you feel. I, I could not relate more. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's also like, I think, um, and we can get into talking about this too, because I know that you yeah. have opinions about this and I'd actually really like to oh. hear what you have to say. But I think that it's also like sometimes you need to commiserate with somebody, especially about bodies mm -hmm. that is close in size to you. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that sometimes when you're commiserating with somebody who is thinner than you, um, although you can, you definitely relate, and, and this is why I think this podcast is interesting and mm -hmm. why people all relate to it because right. I think we all have these issues. But at the same time, sometimes when you're feeling really bad about yourself, you you right. need to yeah. you need to feel supported by somebody that you know experiences a similar level a similar uh, thing that you experience day to day, whether that's coming from inside or it is external. You know, because I think that well, certainly people who you know, and this is why I think that there's controversy within the body positivity movement. Because, you know, a lot of women, a lot of fat women feel that it's been overtaken by skinny women, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but I also do feel that there should be a place for everybody within it. And there can be a place for everybody within it while still not taking anything away from people who experience prejudice. Right. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> not to put you on the spot <laughs> no I definitely understand that and like I understand that like my my struggles with my body are different than like a person living in like a fat body like it's, it's yeah, different right. and my insecurities are are are, to are totally different than than maybe what they feel probably not totally different but like are you know people who do experience prejudice based on the way that they look like is, is different than, than, than me. Than your day-to-day. -day. Than my day-to-day. Yeah. -day. yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do think, like, we all struggle, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. with the way... I want... I, I, like, find me someone who is, like, 100% happy with the way their body looks, like, all the time, you know? And yeah, that's, yeah. Like, 100%. And that's, like... And then, I mean, body dysmorphia makes you think you're... Different. Like, a lot different than you actually do, which is, like... So I say that to people all the time. I'm like, I don't know what I look like. 
Yeah. You know, I, I have like. absolutely no concept of like what my body actually looks like. Right. None. Mm-hmm. Same. No, but I do agree that it is, it's very, it, I, I have a friend who, who, who is very like similar, we have similar body types. And the other day we were just talking about jean shorts and I was like I've never been able to find a pair of jean shorts that fits me because my ass is huge but then like it won't fit me in the waist and like I'm like I don't want to show my cheeks but I also like wanted to fit in my waist and then she she messaged and we were commiserating over that and like it's just like a small thing but like I never wear jean shorts because they just will never fit my body right and then she like messaged me the other day and was like oh my god I found the perfect jean shorts for our body type blah 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 <laughs> and it was like oh we like commiserated on that like you know and for because of our very specific you know like body shapes right and not saying that that is like an earth-shattering problem to have in but it's really nice shorts, when you can relate to somebody about yeah. a really specific problem yeah once again like Everyone experiences that thing where they're like, I can't find that trend yeah. because I don't think it's made for my body. Right. And whether your body is proportionally, whether it's size, what have you, it, everyone experiences that. And having someone who can relate on that yeah. level is, is an incredibly comforting oh, feeling. Because you're like, at least someone gets it. And there's like, like Sierra is my person I go out, like I reach out to when I'm having those moments of like, I can't listen to other people talk about like wanting to lose weight in front of me sometimes like it's really hard for me to hear right especially if they're smaller bodies i've come a long way and like now it's not as triggering for me but for a long time it was really triggering and sierra was that person she's like i get it and i we we have very similar bodies but also very different bodies but you're my person for that yeah and it's it's just comforting yeah absolutely and I and I do I I do want to say that like I I am sensitive to the fact that like even you and I Chrissy yeah. like we don't experience the prejudice that a lot no. of larger bodied women no, you know no. I'm gonna say women do and yeah. men too but yeah but you know like I I think that that it's important to I think it's important to talk about this issue with every sized person because I think that that's how we solve the problem. You know, it's like the more we talk about this and the more we talk about where this issue stems from and why we all hate our bodies, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like no matter what size you are because like all three of us sitting on this couch have different bodies Mm -hmm. and we all have our own issues with our own bodies regardless of how other people perceive us. And yet, you know, none of us experience prejudice day to day. Yes. And I still think that the fact that we're sitting here talking about this is important because we're creating awareness in a way that's relatable. Yeah. You know? My roommate says this a lot, and I love that she says it, is that it, the, the mindset and the things that people are taught, it's hard to ever learn. And she was yeah. talking about when you grow up, you're either taught one of two things, that you shouldn't look the way you look or that you shouldn't look the way that someone else looks. Yeah. And that usually stems around fat bodies. Mm-hmm. And if you can, by having this conversation with people of many different sizes, you're hopefully changing mindsets and, and hopefully causing a ripple effect on the stigma and destigmatizing, like the word a the word fat and b the prejudice and the mistreatment and the disparate treatment that fat bodies experience in medical fields, in the fashion industry, and etc. Yeah. Well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and TED Talk Part 2 ended. 
Another um, hard left. Yes. Um, th- this is, I, I do love this question because I think it's interesting um, and relatable on a lot of different levels. But um, do you feel over-sexualized or under-sexualized because of your appearance? Um, I feel like my body has been sexualized since, like, I moved to New York City. And just was surrounded by many different people. And, like, I remember, like, the first, my first experience being catcalled. No pun intended, I was dressed as a cat. Um, it was Halloween. I was 12 years old, and I was dressed as a cat. But, like, not a sexy cat. Like, I was wearing, like, a dance skirt. It, like full coverage dance skirt, thick, thick, thick tights. Opaque tights. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like and like a long sleeve black shirt and had like cat ears on. And I remember walking down the street and having these men be like meowing at me and like, you know, saying things to me. Yeah. And like it it's the feeling of shame mm-hmm. for look like looking a certain way and like and and being sexualized like that and then it just like never stopped I remember like I was Mm. going to church one day on Easter Sunday and I was wearing a winter coat but I had bare legs and I got catcalled that time and it was like it was just like I remember being a very young girl and like just hearing vulgar vulgar terrible things like yeah. I don't want to say them because yeah. they're so awful, but like just hearing these like terrible things at, at such a young, like formative age that like I thought I was doing something wrong mm. by, 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 by having that happen to me. I right. was always like, what am I, what am I wearing? What am I doing that makes people think that like they can talk to me like that? Like it, it was a very like, shameful feeling that Mm. I remember feeling um and that stuck with me for a really long time I mean it like I still feel that way when I get catcalled on the street I'm like it's just this like feeling of shame Mm. and like I don't feel like scared necessarily sometimes but but I I, I more feel like (laughs) like 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 a shameful feeling for for feeling for feeling that way and like I I do and like in college too like doing a little bit of a puddle jump here but like in college I because of the way my body looks I was constantly like put into like roles that were like vindictive or trashy or mm. I played the prostitute that's true or you did I often often <laughs> or I'm a fallen woman a right. vampire like, I, I just feel like being pigeonholed into that that sort of like not pure. Not pure. Yeah. Makes you then like, I don't know, maybe I'm not pure. <laughs> like, but, 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 I, but I do, I do feel like I, uh, throughout my, my life, I have been very sexualized as a human being. And it's, it's reflected in the way, like, I dress. Like, I don't like to wear short skirts in New York City ever. Yeah. In the summertime, I, do, I, I've already talked about not being able to fit in jean, in jean shorts correctly, but I don't like to wear them even if I can find one that's, like, semi-appropriate because I, I, I know that if I, there are times it takes me like hours to get ready because I like try to like reason with myself or I'm like, no, don't wear that because you're going to get catcalled. And I'm like, but you should wear that because it's your body and you can wear whatever you want. And then I always end up going with the more conservative option because I just don't want to deal with the hassle of it when I leave the household. It's like, it's, 
It's too much. I often feel like I get catcalled no matter what I wear. Right. <laughs> like, there are times when I'm, like, covered up, like, especially during COVID with, like, having a mask on. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are times that I'd have, like, my hood up, a full winter coat, like, boots, my mask, and, like, all you could see were my eyes, right. and I would still get so catcalled. And it's, like, I, I think that it's... It, it's such a complicated thing because, like... Um, and I, I really hope this does not come across in a bad way, but like there is like a cultural aspect to it, um, that I think like we as white people don't relate to. Um, and then, you know, it's just very nuanced and like there are times when I do feel scared, um, because it feels extremely predatory. There are times when it's just like funny and you kind of have to laugh. Like when people actually try to flirt with you and you're like, you're funny. (laughs) Um, and then you kind of get a kick out of it. You're like, all right, I'm not mad. I'm not even mad because right. that was like a genuine effort. Right. Um, and then there are times when it's, you get mad and it's like, right. I just like, I'm just trying to live my goddamn life and you have to objectify me like that. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. It's so nuanced. I, I find like, I call consider catcalling to be literally any like unsolicited remark towards me when I am not like directly speaking you yeah agreed and there are times where someone will you know I'll walk down the street past someone and they'll be like hi you look beautiful and I feel that similar feeling of shame what they said it's not necessarily derogatory it's not necessarily sexualizing me but it's this level of like I don't know maybe it's some level of trauma like feeling like predatory action toward being like a woman but it's like I'm being, once again, it's like I'm being noticed. I'm being perceived. Yeah, I think it's right. that same in, thing. In a, in, a, in a state where I am not prepared to accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the times where it is overtly derogatory. And it's, and I also, I, I get, I almost feel like embarrassed to be. Yes. A, alive. In, in a, alive and in a body. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm just like, I want to disappear. I'm like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And I'm gonna snap my fingers and be somewhere else. Be somewhere else, and even if it's not necessarily like a dangerous situation, because those also exist. Yeah. Um, but if even it's just like you know them saying something that's like, oh wow, that was not what I was expecting. It's just jarring. <laughs> I mean, it's yes. the same. It's the same thing we were just talking about earlier, where it's like. Just don't comment on somebody's appearance. It's not hard to do that, and especially when they don't fucking know you and they're right. not engaging in conversation with you. Well, it's just like, where does it come from? What are you trying to do? Because I, I don't think you're trying to get my phone number. Like, I, I feel like you're trying, I think, and it's not all, I, I just feel like it comes from this place of like, I want to make you feel inferior. I, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of catcalling comes mm-hmm. from this place of like, I want to get a reaction out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm sure there are people who just want to be like, hey, honey, you look good. But like, I feel like it, like, I've, I've always felt like it, it comes from this place of like, I want you to either feel like scared or I want you to feel inferior or I want you to know that I am dominant mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm taking like five minutes out of your day right now where you're then going to walk down the street and be like, oh my God, like, what, is it because I'm wearing something? Like, that I yeah. should be wearing I want to ask you because like, too, because I think that there's also an interesting distinction here. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that same sense of shame when, like, a gay man 
is like, yes, honey, on the street, like about your appearance, because I feel like I don't feel the same. Mm -hmm. it, to me, that does not feel like catcalling. But I also think, you know, while we're talking about this, it's like, it doesn't necessarily feel dangerous, mm -hmm. you know, because of the circumstance. Right. Um, but it's also like technically the same thing. I guess, but I feel like I feel like the distinction for me comes from like it's not a place of like sexual dominance. Yeah, that's true. I, that's I think that's where a lot of my my shame comes. Like not my shame, it's not shameful, but like but well, when I feel when of, I feel yeah. shame, I feel like it's because it comes from a place of sexual dominance. I think that's a great distinction. That was my question. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, because any I mean any at most women, and I would say like anyone who is presenting a stereotype of great gay or whatever, like that I'm like excited to mm -hmm. get me. I'm like, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think something like another layer of it is is like I know for what you're saying, you have to be thinking even worse than what you're saying to yeah. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're picturing me naked right now and I feel very uncomfortable. You yeah. Know yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, it's, exactly, it's like, it's that level of like, it's like predatory, it's dominance, and it's like, the only thing that's, that's, could possibly be giving you whatever you think is permission to say that is the fact that I am here right now in the body. Yeah. And right. the only thing that, in that, and then immediately you're thinking about protecting that. You're like, right. I need to get away. That's how like, I always like, feel too, is I'm just like, oh, I just like, don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I will say I did, like, yell back at... I've done that before, too. And I, like, had never felt more powerful. Yeah. I, I quickened my step. Me, too. <laughs> I did the same thing. I felt I literally, very powerful. It was when we were in college, actually. Uh -huh. I, like, whipped around on some men, and it was, like, me and two other women, yeah. too. And I... These men said something like, I can't even remember what it was, but it just yeah. made me so mad. And it was like nine o'clock in the morning too. It's oh, so early. Yeah. And I whipped around and I was like, literally fuck right off. Yeah. And then I like ran away. It's <laughs> like, goodbye. My go-tos are just like gross or like, <laughs> just like nasty <laughs> sounds. Um, one of my best friends uh, will bark. Yeah, that's her. That's a good one. And that I, is brilliant. Yes, because like then you're the weird girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I had I had these guys. It was like a group of guys that were like commenting on like me and two of my other friends, and I was like, this is scary. But I like they were like saying all these things, and I turned around and I was like, will you shut up? And they were like, ooh, you gotta stick up your butt. I said, yeah, and it's up there pretty damn far. <laughs> Can we, can we make barking at cat collars a TikTok trend? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, that, it, it was, it's brilliant. I will not lie. I'm going to do that. I love it. <laughs> um, so I think that we should wrap up yeah. um, with our last question, Olivia, which is, what are three things that you love about your body? Um, all right. I'll start with my thighs, which was a journey because... In middle school, someone told me I had thunder thighs, so then I developed like a really weird relationship with my thighs. What a bitch. I know. We <laughs> but, but as I've gotten older, they've become like one of my absolute favorite features. I love that. Yeah, no, I, love I, that just really, I really love They're very strong, and they help me do what I need to do on a daily basis. Fuck yeah. Yeah, right? I love my butt. It's a good butt. Yeah, you I really butt. love <laughs> my butt. Yes. Um, and I love my smile. I really love my I smile. Like that. I love that too. Yeah. Yay. That was beautiful. Well, 
thank you so much. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm so glad that we finally got you on. I know. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I've had a blast. I'm Good. So, um, so thank you, Olivia. And then thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget to throw us a little like or a follow. And remember, all shades of gray are beautiful. Goodbye. Bye.